0: Hello and welcome to Adventures in Angular. My name is Alyssa Nichol and today on our panel, we have Brooks. Brooks, hey do you everyone. Want to say
1: hi. No, will. hi.
0: <laughs> we also have Chris. Good day. And Eddie. Hey everyone. And today, I'm going to let our guest say his name so that I don't totally butcher it and I'm going to memorize it. Can you introduce yourself and tell us what we are talking about?
2: So hi all, this is Subrat and I got invited due to have a uh, YouTube channel and that is mainly with Angular and Node.js. Okay. So the channel name is Unafuristic. I think today we are talking about mainly on the new feature team with Angular 9, that is uh, lazy loading of a component due to IV and some like what the helpful of uh, for a oops concept in Angular. That's that's keep apart the Angular. Uh, then React or
3: Vue. Are you sad you missed out on seeing all your friends at ng Maybe you're excited for the latest changes in Angular that got announced. I'm putting on a three-day conference for Angular developers. We're going to start off the night before, watching a few of the talks from ng-hardwired, and then we're going to have three days of live online talks. So if you're worried about the next conference being canceled, you're not sure you want to travel yet, or maybe you just can't for circumstances in life, then come join in in September, for Angular Remote Comp, that's Angular Can
0: you tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, maybe a Twitter handle or something before we dive into the topic today?
2: I am a full stack developer in in work. So I used to work on the front end as the Angular, and for the back end, it will it's like mainly focus on Java as a for the Spring Boots and all, and for for different services. So like if you go for file input, we use nodes. And all the things, but uh, it's always there are a class for uh, using React or Angular, and I own every time um, for Angular because we have a lot of Java developers and and I let them know why it's uh, good and how it can do with proper object-oriented manner, how it can depend independently injected, how depending injection work. And how it's helpful because the Spring boot is also works on dependency injection, the main concept, and that's the same. So, everybody got the boot. So, I think last six projects we have uh, the option to use React or uh, Angular. View never came into the picture, but yeah, so Angular always wins, and I'm happy for that. And uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter, I don't use that much. And I also, I think, I think it's Subrat, I am Subrat something. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, and so, I see uh, that
0: you've had this fun of heuristic YouTube channel. Yeah,
2: it's a it's a YouTube
0: channel. It looks. I I like just literally started typing "fun of h" and it was like instantly mm-hmm. Google's like that heuristic. Like it, it <laughs> auto completed and looks like a busy channel. That's awesome.
4: <laughs> so maybe we could yes. also talk to you about your fabulous SEO then as well. Then today.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, um, what sort of things do you
2: cover on your YouTube channel? Yeah, so I started the YouTube channel for Angular. So a basic from the starting from the basic is keep on going. Then after a few days, I thought, okay, the topics are getting over. Then I switched to some making some graphs in Angular. Then uploading files and with a resume state, so you can upload wherever you left before suppose the connection error. So always the front end is Angular. And for now, the back end is Node. For now, but the backend I will going to change. So mainly focus on web development. So I'm planning to in the future to put 3D rendering and web, web assembly on the picture.
0: So what do you prefer? You're saying you're switching it. Do you not? Do you not love Node.js anymore?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, Node is fine. So it's not like uh, it's not suitable for all the things. But yeah, it's suitable for, so mainly what uh, you know, everybody should do if they have some strength and some uh, bandwidth to do, the microservice is the best way to do. So you can divide your things how you want. Suppose you want a file system output of node to file, they are the node, is the winner. And if you want some computational intensive tasks like image processing, like uh, rendering your 3D models, right? Uh, Surface-side rendering or the streaming of uh, 3D models files, uh, there where the C is good. So that's what we are using. Actually, we in, in, I'm working in Siemens Health actually. So there we have a call Cinematic Rendering that we are planning to integrate with the web. So for that, we thought like JavaScript and backend is not a good option. So it depends on how what the work we need in the back-end. But the front-end, you we, we can go with the Angular and some web, web assemblers.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at some of these videos and I'm impressed. You've got like 17,000 views on some of these like videos. That's legit, man. Your YouTube your channel is on fire.
2: <laughs> uh, I started, so it's not like... Uh, I have a series since like six months, I guess, it's getting some views. Yeah, but not that
4: much. I think it's excellent. It takes excellent dedication to set someone like that up because I have I have twice decided that I was going to make technical instructional videos on YouTube. And I, I, have, I think I've got something like the third or fourth highest rated video on how to make a, a template for Keynote. And mm-hmm. I have one video on Angular, and then I haven't done it for years. So, uh, a lot of time for anyone who has the time to put out content like that. Mm-hmm. So, you said that you were going to switch the backend technology out from Node. Did you, did you say you're going to cover it to using Java and Spring Boot? Or?
2: Yeah, so my current plan is I haven't disclosed it, but uh, so its current plan is doing a uh, proper applications. And it's it's for like where I will just expose the like for the kind of a grocery service because what I am feeling right now is a lot of places in India people have problem in gross getting grocery because of they are not uh, able to go outside. So what what I plan is now is as it's going to be there for three four months. So I'll just expose a service so that whoever don't know, they just can install uh, in a service and they can use it. But it's not finalized, it's just, it's just a plan. So for a full-play application, I prefer to some part in Java Spring Boot and some part in Node.js. And the front end will be on Angular.
4: Right, I see that you've... you've- given us some some notes that you you think that angular is particularly well suited to sitting over the top of a you know a, an object oriented backend like a java or or something like that mm-hmm. can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more
2: about your thoughts on that yeah yeah so uh, so if you ask so it's uh, the current situation in india i'm saying so a lot of people you will find a lot of people they are trained in java or c or python the mainly for back backend mm-hmm. node is coming now so angular or react it's got famous because like for a company point of view you just hire a single uh, ui developer or a javascript developer they will code your both the front end and the back end
3: yeah. and
2: it it will be beneficial for a company mm-hmm. but for a, for kind of application which you need or some application which uh, they can't change the back end to the um, uh, to the Node.js, or they don't have that bandwidth that everybody don't know. But if you go with the Angular as a front-end, apart from React, now uh, you already have the uh, habit of writing object oriented making classes, making objects, creating interfaces, extending. So all these concepts you can use in uh, Angular. So like you can create, uh, suppose, a object, interface, then in instance, you overload the method, then those things is good in Angular. Uh, now, okay, after ES15, though you can do kind of something in uh, JavaScript, normal JavaScript means React also, but what Angular come with that, so that's the main concept of Angular, and if you are doing like that, then the compilation will be a good, and uh, like Angular will be happy to render their code, so... That the one way for the for the what I'm saying is the uh, for Java or a CSAM developer who has uh, object-oriented options. Another best benefits is you have TypeScript and uh, like uh, when when we switch to TypeScript initially, so it just reduce our debugging time by half because in JavaScript is not used to get the compilation error. So now you have type checking, you have everything. So you you are making sure that, okay, whatever I am getting, it's this type. The uh, sometimes what happened in uh, other frameworks and in normal JavaScript, you get some other type. So you get uh, on the runtime, you get undefined or, or something. That's not the case in the TypeScript scenario. Sometimes people will say, okay, uh, the main problem in Angular was the bundle size. It's was used uh, around 500 KB previously but after the iv i think it's reduced to less than 200 200 kb and it's reducing and then in the future they will they're trying to get it down to 43 kb if it the if that was the case then then it will be the future i guess and we'll be good because we are writing it uh, day all day
0: <laughs> i remember somebody said during ngicom this last week they were like it was someone for the angular team like, there's only so small that we can make it like there we will reach a point where mm-hmm. it can't get any smaller and i was like yeah that's true that makes sense <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: that was the big thing though wasn't it when when it was still angular too and it was still coming out the, the, one of the main things that people were saying is oh but it's so big it's so bloated and you know you look at vue and react and oh the bundle size is so small and but actually the, I, I feel like the angular team has been probably the most proactive in in trying to reduce their bundle size because I guess everyone else is maybe a little bit complacent because their bundles were already not, you know, huge and bloated. So,
1: mm-hmm.
4: yeah, no, I, think, I think you're right. I mean, you just look at what's changed in Angular over the last, I don't know, how long has it been out? Like three and a half years. It's It's been really just like a, a nice steady stream of performance improvements and making it smaller, making it more performant, Tweaking little bits here and there, as opposed to you know just throwing in massive sweeping changes and to to like all the APIs and stuff. So yeah, no, it's, it's been it's it's charted a very safe course, I think.
2: Yep.
0: I see in your notes you mentioned that you convinced your manager to rewrite <laughs> a fifteen-year-old ongoing project from JSF to Angular. To is that true? To Angular? Y- yep. And uh, yeah. what is JSF, first of all, <laughs> someone who doesn't know?
2: <laughs> it's, a ja- it's a Java Servlet face. So it's a, it's a kind of a server-side rendering. So everything you render in the server and you get it back to the um, kind of the HTML. So it is slow. So suppose you click a button, the whole page will refresh again because everything needs to be re-render again it's not like you will get the part and just uh, load it for the small part. So it's a pretty slow technology. And when I joined as a up as to the team, all the people are like only, they know only Java and JSF. And I was, uh, have some experience in AngularJS at that time. I have some websites and all. Then I saw it was a little like Little funky for me. So then, when Angular 2 beta came, so I thought, okay, okay, this is the thing. So I can now write doing object oriented. But as I had only, I think at that time I had only six month experience, that I did a mistake that I haven't checked. It's a beta or a production version. So I just keep on writing the code, and I just chose my manager, okay, this is what it's working, and I used Angular Material also. And that was also in beta. So somehow okay, he saw the material is looking good and the design is good. He just tested something, but he forgot to check the version. He asked me, is it a stable version? I said yes. Mm-hmm. I, I I literally so if you ask me right now, nobody should do that in, in, in a, at least in a in office.
0: You're saying would or, would not recommend?
2: <laughs> yeah, I would not recommend. But the but the problem is. Like uh, wh- what? What he asked me is uh, okay. You go ahead with Angular material, but for Angular, we waited when we when the POCs got finished in September, Angular got released. So we just uh, move back to the production. That's not a problem. But when the Angular material, that time he just asked me, okay, yeah. I just convinced him. I think it took me half a day, whole day to convince. Okay, see the animation is going on. You have boxes. A lot, lot, of things. You have uh, repulse effects. Uh, so okay, so it's a, actually it's a uh, Mercedes-Benz applications. Mm-hmm. So where you can buy a retail or lease a Mercedes-Benz vehicles. So that's a POC for replacing the fifteen-year-old applications. Mm-hmm. But when party ask me, okay, just if you if you I will I will uh, take a risk with you. But make sure if something is breaking, you will going to fix it. And, and So you're uh, like, yeah, so no yes.
0: pressure. Anything that breaks, that's <laughs> yeah. on me. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So, but what happened is when Angular material goes from beta to stable, what they change is previously it was a uh, directive, and now they convert that to a selector. So all the core whatever we wrote, everything broke. Oh and, no! Beautiful. And, and and I literally stayed office till. Four o'clock, and I fixed all the code <laughs> because it was on me. So I uh, you're
0: like you're saying it was like one day, <laughs> like one afternoon, and you're just like
2: no, 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 no. Four o'clock at, till night.
0: Oh, a.m. Okay, I was like, ah, oh, you went home at four p.m. You're in time for dinner. Okay, the other, the other four, I got
2: you. Uh, I, I got the dinner, so I, I just ordered the dinner to the <laughs> cubicle, but yeah. So till four o'clock, and and the problem was as the like. Uh, Only one who can change the code because what at the time I told you, the all have no, they don't have much idea about Angular at that time. What they I have prepared in kind of a uh, project and gave them. So from that, they got the idea what to do, what to to do. But when everything got changed and when just ng serve and now everything broke, (laughs) a lot of errors. So then I thought that okay, it's we shouldn't use a beta and a office work.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that a lot of things changed when Angular yeah, yeah. 2 was in beta and coming mm-hmm. out.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember the I, router I, was was up in the air for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. we had I was on a pro an Angular, a big Angular JS project and we were like prepping it while the beta was going on to go to Angular. But we had, and you're all going to laugh. We all had CoffeeScript, and no joke. At the time, whatever moment this was during the beta, the team was still saying they were going to support things outside of TypeScript. Like there was a certain point when they definitively said, "We're going TypeScript. There's no turning back." But like we were in this crux, so we were like literally figuring out how we were going to change this application from Angular JS to Angular, but keep CoffeeScript, and it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that wasn't the smoothest rollout.
4: I'm so glad
0: now. I mean, Yeah, I know, right. I'm like, ooh.
1: <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah. Everyone was forced into what turned out to be the best path. Yeah, you remember the docs, it was the angular docs was like, "Oh, you can choose choose your own path. You can go wow. vanilla JS, so you can go you can go TypeScript, you can go Dart.
0: Yeah, very few yeah, people remember this because people were like, "You were trying that. to use CoffeeScript." I'm like, "No, it was a thing." Like, people were not committed yet to TypeScript because right now everyone's like all in with TypeScript, so they can't imagine a time when we were questioning it. So,
2: <laughs> I think now React is also uh, going to implement TypeScript. Oh yeah, because uh, it's the best. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, React or
0: TypeScript. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We've
1: had this conversation before. <laughs> Just riding on our coattails.
4: Yeah, absolutely. But it's mm-hmm. interesting, though, about I, I, I get surprised whenever I hear anyone talking about using TypeScript in the pre Angular days because I'm aware that it was around for quite some time, but I, I, I feel like I, I definitely never heard of it before Angular 2 was a thing. And I just I mm-hmm. don't know whether it's like solely responsible for putting it on the map, but it, I think it certainly has played a part in making it the popular thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in my definitely. opinion,
5: anyway. Yeah, I definitely agree. The best part of TypeScript, you got every like all the
2: JavaScript releases pretty early, like the dynamic imports and all. So that's the reason. Like uh, we have now the lazy loading of components. That what I think in the, in the document is there. It's, now it's in JavaScript also, but that's from that reason they uh, got that thing and put that into the Angular nine. A lot of things change due to IV
0: also. Speaking of TypeScript and things that change with IV, are you how many of you are like using strict typing? Like strict type checking? Anybody? I haven't yet, but after all the talks at NGConf that just happened, I was like, I guess like Brian Love was saying it'll save fifteen percent on like all your bugs. And I'm like, okay, well. I mean, that's quite a bit, but it's also, I I haven't actually tested it out, so I don't know how hard it would be to switch over to strict type checking.
5: I definitely Mm -hmm. believe it would save a lot of bugs, but yeah, it it is going to be interesting. Um, We're moving from Angular 4 to Angular 9, so who knows what kind of chaos is in that templates that we'll have to sort out before we can turn that on.
2: (laughs) Five to six would be the hardest jump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, if you write it in a, like, in a proper way, then it shouldn't be that much changes because uh, I think uh, only the, are you using HTTP client or HTTP because I think HTTP client can be in Angular 4, I guess.
5: Yeah, yeah, HTTP client.
2: Mm-hmm. So uh, some thing in uh, like the view child, there some changes in there you have a read type now. So, but it will not be that much in, other, but yeah, some, somewhere it will be broke. But yeah, what, like, uh, if you, if you, what Alicia told, if you go for strict checking from the beginning, then it will be a
3: Whenever I'm stuck on what to learn next, a lot of times I just go back to the fundamentals and think about how I can make those things more automatic. The reason is, is because then when I focus on the fundamentals, I'm able to actually level up in all the other areas that I'm trying to learn. So, I teamed up with Kyle Simpson to focus on the fundamentals of JavaScript. Kyle wrote the books, You Don't Know JS Yet. And his Getting Started ebook goes over just the fundamental fundamentals, so to speak, of JavaScript. And we're putting together a 30-day challenge where you can actually level up on this stuff, get it down pat, and then you can go and learn all of the other things that you're doing that are based on these things. So if you go sign up for the challenge, you can do it at devchat.tv bookcamp. That was Kyle's idea you can get the following as part of the challenge. You get daily training videos, which are worth about 150 bucks. You get daily exercises and homework, which again are about worth about 97 bucks, especially with the coaching that we give you around them. You get access to the private Slack channel, which is worth about 20 bucks. You get access to a premium podcast series that Kyle and I are going to record. It's an eight-part podcast series where we talk through all the pieces of the book. You'll get three Q&A calls per week, and that puts you at about a $1,779 value. And what's great is you also get then the audio from the podcast, you get the video from the training, you get the experience from working, and you get the visual reading learning from the book. So you're going to learn this in multiple ways. Once again, go sign up at devchat.tv slash bookcamp, devchat.tv slash bookcamp, and you can get it for $197. If you use the code JSJabber, you can get it for $147 instead. So go check it out right now, devchat.tv slash bookcamp.
4: I did actually do an upgrade of an application from Angular 5 to Angular 8 about 6 months ago and in general it was it was actually perfectly fine I and mean, it was mm-hmm. it was about a couple of days per version I went a version at a time just to be safe and, and to be I fair mean, that's they what they suggest in the docs yeah, right
0: they rec- yeah they recommend yeah. that but I'm always like yeah. to I so you were well, good you did it yeah did it was right it,
4: i did that but although actually the the ng update tool when i use that it tried to just force me straight onto 8 i was like but the doc- will you ta- the document says go one version at a time and the document also says use ng update it's like cool we're just putting you straight on 8 and like no back up back up right revert all of the changes but like actually the the hardest part was was one was that we that application was using this third party carousel thing that literally broke every single version i had to fix that uh, and the other thing was all the unit tests but actually the the the, the code base of the application it was very very easy to upgrade i haven't gone 8 to 9 the project i'm currently working on is actually on angular 8 but from from what i've seen of you know the preview videos of of what's in 9 it doesn't look like doesn't look that much change i, I think like i said before your, your biggest your biggest pain point is going through whichever versions change the view child because y- you you have to change this you had the static true or false didn't you which specifies at which point you're going to initialize the the view child or, or something like that and and i found that in this particular application half of the view children broke and needed that static property switching over to whichever was not the default, but I mean, yeah, is it literally Vue just a process?
0: property that you set, or is there other things that you have to change?
4: I think the the if you use ng update, it went through i mean it was fabulous, it went through all of the code and it it went took all of the view children and it it changed them to whatever the default was um, static false I think and i'd have to i'd have to look this up to double check but i'm i'm pretty sure it has something to do with when you can interact when you want to be interacting with the view child whether it's static or not static but yeah there was there was just some components in this application where the the view child was obviously being interacted with earlier than, than the default static would allow and therefore i had to go and find those and change them but it wasn't too big a pain but you know once i figured out what was going on it was like oh okay this is what the problem is, and I can I can then go and address that. So, it, it, it really wasn't a big deal. Like I say, it was the unit tests; they all broke. So that's why we should never write tests.
0: <laughs> wow, bold <laughs> statement! No, did you get? Did any of you catch Shai Resnick's talk at NGConf last week? It was he was like doing a magic show but he was like basically like talking about like the magic behind some things with testing and essentially one of the takeaways i had was like using an adapter layer between Like your tests and whatever, like the third party services. So that way, if you're swapping out, for instance, like Moment.js and you want to swap that out with a different service, you don't actually have to change your tests for that because you have this adapter layer. And so I was like, ah, look at that. Like, wow, brilliant. So I I freaking loved that. Check that out if you're running into this problem that we're talking about because it was entertaining and informative, which is two things I love the most. But oh my gosh, if you are you guys so excited about Ivy? Like I am yeah. so pumped about like mainly the debugging the, the, the debugging features.
2: <laughs> and about the view child, I think in in nine it's not required. You don't need to give static false. Only if the static is true then you have to yeah, give the uh oh. okay. so, yeah. And I
4: obviously listened more. to
2: my feedback about how how painful it was.
4: But, yeah, yeah uh, Chris, Chris found that yeah. difficult.
2: Let's take it back out again. And, and one more thing, I think that changes will be problem for 4 to 9 will be your RxJS is going to break. I think in 4, oh, yeah. they have uh, previous versions. So the RxJS will be, like previously you have observable dot, dot, dot. Now everything they have exported, so we have to change a lot of places. That will be the, I think, biggest pain. For that, it's just model six.
5: They it's now in there
4: yeah is a tool, didn't they? That, that did that ran through the change and and I've used that a couple of times and it is absolutely amazing. I mean, it just go it just went. and rewrote all of my RxJS code when you went from five to six on RxJS. Compact. It was part of the. It was part of the the upgrade from Angular five to six. I want to say, but I'm not 100 mm-hmm. sure on that. But there was definitely. The RxJS team put out this application, well, you know, a little application that would... It went through, it scanned all of your RxJS code, and it took mm-hmm. out, like, all of the dot chaining that like you're talking about, and it replaced them with pipes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this is great. It's amazing. It's just mm-hmm. rewritten all my code for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Can you do that everywhere? Okay, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. It a fabulous British accent as well. <laughs> wow. Um, I went uh, from Angular 8 to 9 and then back to 8 recently, which back isn't right. hard. You just revert, right? Why but, you uh, go back? Mm-hmm. Well, the Google Maps component, which is supposed to be in 9, wasn't working for me. I couldn't get the map tiles to display. So I don't know. I have to look at it for whatever reason. But that's why I went back to use like a AGM map, I think is the plugin for the mapping. For Google Maps, but the difference was quick and easy. I mean, it was just update, and that was pretty Wait, much. How it. do you?
0: How do you? I've never gone back down. How do you do that?
1: Oh, I just thought reverted changes. Abort. Oh, okay. Abort mission. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought there was like an, an ng update no. to like un-update? I don't know.
5: Yeah, ng downgrade. <laughs> yeah, like ng now. downgrade.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it, it wasn't a big deal going from eight to nine. It was pretty smooth. Mm.
0: Which is surprising for how much we're getting with nine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know I was disappointed I had to go back, but I'll, I'll figure out the Google Maps component. It was like, I updated, I had to present to the client like in like three hours. And I was like, oh, I'll just use the Google yeah. phone on it. Okay. And then I was like, oh, I have to go to nine. So I go to nine and then it stops working and I'm like sweating and i was just like, all right, go back to eight and uh,
0: bring really in this. The story map. of like my last like two weeks where it's like, oh, we've got to go live or, oh, we have to do something. And I'm like, whatever I have to do, just get it out. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a lot of sweating, but it was fine. That's uh, that's why we work from home now. So we don't smell any sweat when it's the last
5: yeah,
0: it's <laughs> like As long as like this up, right? is like, Yeah, exactly. Sweat free. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Gross. For those on the podcast, we're referring to the top of the shoulders to the head. Uh, yes. Yes.
0: Because <laughs> uh, they obviously can't see. Yeah, thanks, Eddie.
5: <laughs> My pleasure. So, Subrat, with okay. Angular 9, obviously, lazy loading, you know, what What do you feel like, because obviously, like, you could lazy load. This is where I admit I don't know a whole lot about Angular 9 since I've been on Angular 4. Um, so, obviously, you could do, like, lazy loading before that. So, what, what's significant oh. in 9 to you for lazy loading?
2: Okay, so till Angular 8, you can lazy load a module, and you have to write like uh, through a router. So when the router will be get hit, whole whole module will be lazy loaded to the like downloaded to the browser, and it inserted to the Angular context. So now what you can do, like I I just told, like due to the uh, dynamic import, you can import a component, and you can uh, and it will be render JavaScript files and which can be inserted to uh, either a particular place or to the end of your parent. So that's that's like uh, the main benefit here is whichever component you don't need on the initial load, load it lazily. So, and like previously what you have to do is suppose you need a small component in a small area that needs some input from another components and all. But for that, you have to make a modules. A lot of things are there and that depends on the router. So you have to go again with a different route to just load it lazily. But now you can do it just in a condition, just in a method call or just in a, like just a button click or something. So that's the main main benefit of Angular 9. And if you go to the what JavaScript get downloaded, if you just try to check that, it's all your tags, all your like it's it's pretty easy. So if you if you can see just if you can just see the JavaScript, okay, say you will get to know okay, this is for my page. This is where the text will go, this is where everything will go. Now some suppose you want to go deep inside and you want to write something also like that, you can write that also. So it's that simple in IP. And what uh, Alisa told is about the debugging, that's the that's the main benefit. And also I like in my office and they haven't allowed us to use Angular 9 till now because it will go through a lot of process for a lot of verifications. So we are using Angular 7 and some projects 8, but I think uh, soon sooner or later we'll get 9 and we'll update because the benefit is uh, now the lazy loading of components. And we ha- I think we have a kind of a dashboard application and we have around in a same single page with the adding the deck scroll and all we have around need 20 a twenty-five component in a page, which is not need to be visible always, and you can change the route. Okay, so previously you can't lazy load that. So what we are doing is we are lazy loading that route properly, but we are lazy loading the, all the components and all the data, so it's calling the server, fetching the data, rendering the. Um, and graphs and also, which is not required. So, because like if you click on data one, then you scroll, the page will scroll, then again, it will show that all you can legally load it. So, now the bundle size will, will reduce. So, I think in NGCOM, they tell, told that if you go for a starter application, it's around 17 to 20% reduce in bundle size. If you go for a bigger application, it will be 40% reduce in bundle size. So, it's depend how, how you like, how wisely you are writing the, uh, and how, you, how easily you are using the features of uh,
5: 9. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So you can just load. That's great because we have all sorts of like dialogues mm-hmm. and random, random things that we mm-hmm. load in and it only gets called in these random circumstances. So that's awesome. That's super exciting.
2: And it can be used things also. Like if you know previously, we have a dynamic component allocation and it can be used uh, like replace that also. Just suppose you have some tabs, just click on one on tab and the things will be get loaded, and that that will be that will. Take. the main thing is whichever you don't need to be render, don't load it. Obviously, if something is taking that much time, like you have to cog, call, call the server and get a lot of data, then you just preload it and store it so that user I don't have to wait for loading and. So now developer will have a lot of like power to control. At least how, how the user will feel the app while they're running the application. That's cool because
1: I've worked on projects where there's like a common module, right? And it's full mm-hmm. of all the common components. And then you pull that in everywhere and it kind of defeats the purpose of that, right? But with nine, you could just load the component that you need. That's cool.
2: It's powerful for sure. And suppose like you, you don't need any, suppose like the common module or you don't need anything. Just to render right. something, you don't need to add any module, also just the HTML file and all your data from services or something. But one catch is here suppose you need the common module, you need to create an ng model in the same file of where you have the what is it? The suppose a component A the, in the same ts file, just add a module, import your whichever modules you are need, needed for the for the changes. Like for the common model for ngif and you need some extra external model you need to import that because uh, while creating the javascript file iv will not get context for the support for example the common model then if you if you don't import common model in your component then it will show an error that uh, ngif is not a known property for the tag okay
3: are you freelancing or moolining or maybe you've thought about going out on your own Every week, we have a group of developers at various stages of a freelancing journey on The Freelancer Show to talk about becoming better at freelancing. We also bring in experts to talk about marketing, SEO, and delivering high quality to clients. So if you're interested in going freelance or you are freelance, check it out at freelancershow.com. So do we
1: want to move into pics now?
0: Absolutely. So who has pics? I've got two that I, I have a link to a debugging features because we were just talking about all of the cool things you can do with Nine, like... The NG global that you can use. And so check out that. I think Yuri was one who wrote that. And then also, uh, I did a wrap up TLDR stream after each day of NGConf on Twitch on my Code It Live channel for work. <laughs> and so check that out if you want to see the TLDR for each of the sessions. Those should be out soon. I was talking with Frosty this morning, and there'll be a way to sign into the NGConf website soon that you can. Just sign in, even if you don't have a ticket, and watch the old, like the basically watch all the talks. So that'll be coming out soon. But for now, I have my TLDR that I did, and I did some guest interviews for the speakers and things like that. So yeah, Mr. Mike.
1: Well, I'll uh, I'll go next. So I don't know if this has been picked on every other show, but The Tiger King on Netflix is very entertaining. Changed my life for the better.
0: This is a show uh, or a movie?
1: It's uh, it's a documentary. It's seven episodes. It's really, really entertaining. It, Can you give probably, us like
0: a no spoilers premise so we understand what it's yeah, about? Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's a redneck. What does he call himself? He's a gun-toting gay redneck who has like 200 tigers. and
0: He, he legally owns 200 tigers?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has like a zoo. But there, there's a lot about the ethics of owning tigers and, and uh, tiger cubs and letting people pet them. And it's kind of his rivalry, rival can't say it, with another, with a big cat rescue organization and, and how that all plays out.
0: Nice. Um, Tiger yeah, King, you said. Yes. Is the name uh, of it? Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I thought it was every, I thought everyone knew about it, but I, I guess not.
0: Sorry, I'm like super, <laughs> I was super out of it lately. Work has been cray. So I, I do need an escape. So if you're saying this is good, I'll check oh, it out.
1: Oh, it, it's amazing. It'll change your life. That's for sure. It's the only thing crazier than what's happening now is what happened.
0: In- <laughs> that's pretty hard to top.
1: <laughs> it is. And it, every, every episode, you're like, this can't get weirder. And then it does. And, and you're just like, what? The other, the, the, uh, other thing I'll pick is uh, Thea. It's an open source web IDE. And it uses VS Code extensions, so you can get all your VS Code goodness. That's the open-source project. You can use it on Gitpod, and I'll put links in this. And Gitpod, you can just give them the name of your Git uh, repo and then open it up with Thea or Gitpod, and it just opens it up into an IDE, and then you can npm install and actually use a Chromebook for development, which is cool. So, you know, that's cool. Those are my two picks.
2: Hey, nice. So I'll go next is about the Dino. I think you guys have heard about Dino land. So it's a, so Dino land is a website. So it's a Dino is a kind of say node, uh, it's a upgrade rewrite of the node, but it will by default run TypeScript. So you don't have to change, like so you don't have to run the TypeScript compiler, then node, uh, then the JavaScript file name. So that, it's great, and I haven't gone that deep into the how they're preparing, but I think the who whoever did the writer of the Dino land is the writer of the Node.js, and he told that if uh, how the way they are developing Dino D, Dino is uh, uh, what they did mistake in Node.js. so it wow. will be good, and the best part is it run with TypeScript. And that that's what I love. I like, like suppose just to write a TypeScript, don't have to run TypeScript compiler again and again. So the why I liked it actually, I am I for my for my channel, I am creating a, a list of data structures for TypeScript. So in that it was pretty helpful because you every time I have to previously before using, Dino, you know, what I was doing is uh, I was compiling to the JavaScript, and I'm going there, then again, running Node. Uh, so as I'm maintaining two different folders for JavaScript and TypeScript, but Deno helps a lot. So that's just the, the a small pick. But yeah, I, I think uh, like the way TypeScript is go, growing up, it can, it can replace Node.js.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely have a link to that. It's D-E-N-O dot land. Land. The yep. site for it. It's awesome. Do you have any other picks that you want
2: to share with people? Yep. like currently uh, due to the lo- lockdown and all the services, at least in India, we have apart from Netflix, we have a Hotstar, and ha- I think Prime Video is everywhere. Now we are getting a lot of uh, good content in the same package. So now Hotstar uh, Disney is collab with Hotstar. So you can watch all Disney videos uh, or movies in hot starts. So I am just doing that. Yesterday I watched Aladdin.
0: Mm. (laughs) I I freaking could (laughs) literally watch Disney movies like all day. So I love it. Love it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And now due to like, I think the lockdown, so everybody is uh, getting bored. So they are giving the premium content and the same price and it's pretty cheap also so if you uh, try to convert it to dollar it's around uh, 12 12 to 13 dollar for a year and you are getting that much content nice that's
0: cool do any of the other panelists have picks before we wrap up today
4: got some picks i have, I have so much so much stuff that i've been trying to work out what to pick i know yeah exactly and this is doing a, an excited dance for those who can't <laughs> can't see it, which is everyone that isn't us. Interesting, you were talking about the Disney stuff, because Disney Plus just launched in the UK. Funnily enough, actually, we had about eight thirty on the Monday, we had our Prime Minister tell us that we could not leave our houses. And then at midnight, Disney Plus launched. And I I saw somebody on Twitter saying, this is the most elaborate Disney Plus launch I've ever seen. Yeah, so I've been really enjoying that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Conspiracy. Yeah, folks obviously in the States have had it for a while, but for some reason, Disney have chosen to launch it with all of the stuff still releasing weekly. So I've been sort of watching The Mandalorian weekly, even though the internet has told me every single thing that happens in it.
1: I just to spoil um, it for you, but I guess... Yeah, you're exactly.
4: I, I've also been really enjoying The World According to Jeff Goldblum on there, because uh, who doesn't love Jeff Goldblum? So yeah, really, really loving the Disney+. Plus. There's also a Twitter account that I would love to recommend. It's called Very British Problems, and the Twitter handle is at SoVeryBritish. And it's basically this fellow who writes books, basically talking about mundane things that could only happen in British life. And uh, obviously, he's having a field day at the moment. I was actually thinking over the weekend. I was I was queuing up in line to get into the supermarket, and I thought I feel like I've reached peak British now, like because we, as a people, we were born to queue up to get into stuff, and now we're queuing up just to go shopping in the supermarket. So, that's, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that's that's so very British on Twitter. And then one more. I've been playing a lot of board games while we've been in lockdown. I've previously picked my favorite game in the world, which is called Arkham Horror. But over this weekend or yesterday, in fact, I played um, another game in that series uh, with my son. It's called Mansions of Madness. The reason why that game is cool is because it's driven by an app on your iPad or Kindle, uh, you know, Android tablet or your computer or whatever. And um, you basically start out just with a, a, a room tile. And you, you, as you explore, the app tells you new tiles to put down and you reveal this map as you go. I had an awful lot of fun doing that. Thought we were going to win. And then my son accidentally started a fire in the room with the objective and uh, we all burned death. Uh, before oh, we okay, not a real game.
0: fire. I thought so, you were not like, a real yeah. fire. there's
4: No, the no, no, in
1: the game. In the <laughs> game.
4: Like, oh, my God. Like, We've been <laughs> playing like, for like, oh, hours. That, yeah. that brings fire. flipping the
1: board to okay. a whole new level. <laughs> <laughs> light a fire. Been playing for
4: literally hours. And it's like, right, we finally got, We you know, we had to find a key. We'd find all this clues. And then we finally got into this room and there's a thing. And he's like, oh, I've dropped my candles. There's a fire. And we all died. <laughs> so that's a shame.
0: And uh, you were like, that's
4: about right. Yeah. Yep. So that's my third pick. I will give up. Give it over to Eddie. (laughs)
5: Nice. Yeah. So for me, Westworld is back on HBO and I love that show. So I'm very excited for that. So that's going to get pick number one. And then for work, I've been trying to figure out like how to track errors better. And so I stumbled upon Sentry.io this week, which just totally blew my mind. So I'm excitedly figuring out how to try to integrate that into our code base where like errors in the browser can just magically appear on this dashboard and I can know oh, what everyone
0: does. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have you on as a guest as soon as you figure that out. <laughs> there we go.
5: <laughs> yeah. So that is, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, some entertainment and some work. So I'm, I'm
0: excited. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sabrat. I also apologize yeah, yeah, if sure. I pronounce it improperly. I really appreciate like all of the awesome knowledge bombs you dropped for us where you said you aren't that into Twitter these days. Is there somewhere that you prefer people to reach out to you if they have questions or things they want to talk to you about?
2: Yep. Like uh, I have a Twitter. Uh, I should know if that's
0: what you prefer or if you prefer something else. So over the Twitters. (laughs)
2: Yeah. obviously it will be like i can i can like reply pretty faster if they comment on my any of my video so that it will come to the top apart from that you can message me on facebook but yeah on twitter also but uh, i'm not that active and checking on twitter because it's it's a, if you keep on going on one message and just keep on scrolling for other things
0: oh, i know LinkedIn oh i know <laughs> Well, thank you so much. You were an amazing guest, and we all appreciate you so very much. So, just have a marvelous, uh, marvelous evening and stay safe, please. No,
2: yeah, all of okay. you. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and it, it is a very great experience. And uh, this is my first podcast, also. And I thought, I, actually, I was a little nervous about what is going to happen and all. But but it's it kind of a talking with my uh, colleagues and friends. So it's pretty, pretty, like, I'm pretty comfortable to talk. Thank, awesome. Thanks, thanks all, all of you guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, this is us signing up. We will see you all the next time. Have a great day, everyone.
3: <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yes. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit c-a-c-h-e-f-l-y dot com to learn more